Greetings and salutations and welcome to Hacker Slash. If you're joining us again, welcome back. It's New Year's Eve, finally. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the party. We are a horror movie review podcast dedicated to telling you whether a movie is a hack, a total joke, a waste of time, or a slash. Totally killer, pun intended. Around here, we believe horror is for everyone, and as such, we rate these movies with a perspective we've all gained from our varying walks of life and the flavors of fear we fancy most. My name is Chris. I'm your friendly neighborhood slasher enthusiast. This week, I'm joined by the Superfly Space Guy, Mac. Hola, muchachos. The Gore Lover, Alexis. Hey, everyone. The Cowardly Creeper, Ryan. Hiya. And the Scream Queen, Paris. Hey, sweets. Now, normally we're here to rate movies, but whoo. This is finally our very last episode of 2020. Let's end this year with a freaking bang, please. (laughs) So in true hacker slash tradition, it's time for us to look back on the year, reflect on what we've done and set our course for 2021. Finally. First, though, let's see what uh, 2020 looked like for us by the numbers, courtesy of our Android Mac. This year was a great year for hacker slash. We had 63 episodes this year. We watched 74 movies. Wow. So we watched more movies than we recorded? Yeah, you had to consider old versus new. True. Oh, okay, Mm -hmm. okay. All right, that makes sense. That also doesn't count the movies that we had to watch as like prequels to movies that we hadn't already seen. Yep, there's also that. Interesting. And there's also documentaries that went into bonus episodes for Patreon. Mm -hmm. And then all the movies we watched that weren't for the podcast at all. (laughs) I don't have that many this year. I usually (laughs) do, but not this year. (laughs) These movies added up to a massive amount of time spent watching movies, 111 hours. That's a lot of days. That's many days, but even more days spent recording, 189 hours. Oh, God bless. That's kind of cute, though. We had fun. Yes, and bless our sweet, sweet Chris Rojas, imagining all that time that she spent uh, editing our lovely voices. Yeah, how many of those hours edited it down? 355 hours were spent editing. Yeah, that's not also including video editing or making the graphics for the episodes, nothing like that. Chris, I love you so much. I love you too. I'm very intimately familiar with all your voices. (laughs) (laughs) And Max Android laughed. Hey, it's changed. I've tried to alter it to be more human. Oh, no, you're still perfect waveforms. I I do my best. But a, a big number this year, we've had 23 new patrons in 2020. Which is massive. So exciting. I love that. Especially because that was one of our big goals for last year, too. Thank you all so much for your support. And even though it's an odd number, we got to respect it. But we've introduced 11 new pieces of merch this year. Considering we had zero pieces last year, that's a pretty big improvement. (laughs) Wow. I have to admit, I was wearing my uh, little neck gaiter today um, to the gym. For the with the uh, Freddy hand, yeah, well, it's <laughs> creepy but great. You yeah, know? it's creepy, but I'm like, people will appreciate this shit yeah. at the gym. Maybe someone or Designed I just look by like Ryan. fucking yeah, <laughs> or I look like a creep. Is that 1100 percent improvement? Is that how that math works? It's 20 million percent improvement in my oh, book. Okay, <laughs> thanks. Hacker thanks. math. Oh, we got the one android who's bad at math. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I'm more of a social android. And while we've been here trying to make great content, we actually put out seven pieces of bonus content. Which is exceptionally thrilling because we had zero as of the summer. That's all seven pieces that started this summer with our Pride Month episode. And that was a fun episode. Also, Mm -hmm. like, bonus content is a great reason to become a patron. Join the 23 people that joined today. Let's talk about the numbers that really matter on Hack or Slash. It's hacks and slashes. So this year, we've had 104 total hacks. Two movies this year were universal hacks. I'd say we were pretty nice. We really are. I feel like 50 of those hacks were just me and Ryan together. I, I, honestly, that's genuinely 
usually how it happens. There was one <laughs> that you and Paris and Alexis hacked and yeah. I slashed and I was like, what's what's happening here? Conversely, we had 182 total slashes. 11 movies were universal slashes. So some great watches apparently this year. Let's take a moment to honor those universal slashes. We have A Quiet Place from 2018. Misery mm. from 1990, which I know Paris mm. would hotly contest, but it's canon. It was before he got here. <laughs> we have Candyman from 1992, The Purge from 2013, Midsommar from 2019. Which I would contest. The Cabin in the Woods from 2012, Host from 2020, Child's Play 2 from 1990, Hellfest from 2018, Creepshow from 1982, and last but not least, The Silence of the Lambs. From 1991. Damn straight. That's honestly like a really good syllabus if you like want to watch some good horror. I'm really glad we could actually agree on a few things. All of us together on on several (laughs) movies, 11 movies. That's like way more than I thought it was going to be. Absolutely. And the only universal hacks we had were The Grudge from 2020, the first movie we saw this year. Massive disappointment. And the only 80s slasher I managed to hack, uh, Graduation Day from 1981. Woof. It's a rough one. Well, not listed in those crazy statistics are the uh, number of people that we've picked up on the show. Mainly one, Paris. How's it feel to be on your first end of year with Hacker Slash? Oh my God, I feel really good. This was something I did not plan to do this year. Um, it kind of just happened serendipitously, if that's a word. And it feels good. I feel like I've made a lot of new friends doing this. And I'm happy to have made it this far without getting hacked myself that's really all we strive for is just to uh you know get by one movie at a time now speaking of surviving alexis obviously you've had your work cut out for you in the body count we have seen a lot of death in these movies this year yes we have seen a lot of deaths and um i can report there were 831 deaths but that does not include the 26 million that gwyneth paltrow was responsible for (laughs) (laughs) was it her being responsible or was it the chef being responsible for shaking her hand without washing his hands right i blame goop (laughs) goop is responsible (laughs) i mean you're not wrong just wanted to you know give her an opportunity to to save face it wasn't really her fault necessarily (laughs) She assumed he was clean. <laughs> it's okay. She can come on here and uh, <laughs> fight her case, like state her case. <laughs> I'd like to know if we've learned anything this year, it's that she would be blamed. <laughs> She's 100% responsible. That's how we handle these things. This is true. But on a lighter side of things, we've had some good boys. We've had some bad boys. And we have some some highs. We've had some lows. Ryan, what did our animal report look like for this year? Yeah, we had a, a kind of an all over the place animal report. Um, I, I, I don't usually work in like quantities exactly. So I don't have an exact number because sometimes we just have animals that are in the movie. Sometimes they have a part. But I would say we've been right in the middle where we've had some animals that do lovely things like our dog from Teeth that gobbles up a log. Was it a log though? I don't know what it, it was. It was a penis. She ate the penis. <laughs> it was a hot dog. It was a hot dog. Um <laughs> so so there's that and then we have, you know, I would say the only experience that we've had where a dog uh was not a good boy in a movie is in P2 and that was a hard one. That was a hard one to see and, you know, he was an attacky boy, but we were we were really in the middle. We had a lot of range with the Animal Report this year. Yeah, I feel like P2 is like notably a vicious, cruel animal death. Not cruel because it was self-defense, but it's like the one you see the most of. Yeah, but he was also the most vicious animal, I would say, yeah. that we saw. 
you know? Very threatening. Uh, didn't you say Migs from Sons of the Lamb was an animal? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a good point. <laughs> 2020, the year of the cum slinger in the hallway. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, you're, you're right. That boy from P2 was the most, right? He was doing the most, living the most. Uh, you know, really just a professional dog all around, you know, uh, executing his occupation. So let's talk about some other movies that are the most specifically looking back on every movie we've covered this year and pick out some highs, some slash awards here. Now, for our listeners out there, you may die a little inside when we name some of these movies and some of these award categories. One thing we urge you to remember is that this is not about movies that came out this year necessarily. This is about movies we covered on the show this year. Just like huge spoiler warning ahead, right? Or like this whole episode. Let's get things kicked off here. Let's start a little spicy. Let's go. Who was the best antagonist in any movie we saw this year? Of all the movies we saw this year, I think Candyman from Candyman was the best antagonist. Yep. I uh, second that with Mac. I'm surprised we didn't go for Alien, Mac. Yeah, we're, t- we're talking about antagonists though. Like the alien's cool and all, but Candyman, <laughs> you can't beat that. So my favorite antagonist from this year, the movies that we saw was Contagion. And it's a joke about the pandemic <laughs> that we're in the middle of. That's what it is. Yeah. That's why. I also said MEV1 from Contagion, but not as a joke. That shit was vicious and it had the highest body count. This is true. That's true. My answer feels lame now um, because Candyman is such a good choice. Um, but I chose Marie from High Tension because it's the only movie where the whole time you're rooting for the antagonist. And that's a huge spoiler. <laughs> uh, it's an interesting take for sure. I totally forgot about that movie until we looked at the list and I was like, oh. I love this movie. How did I forget this? <laughs> Honestly, everything on this list, we looked back and I was like, who watched this movie this year? I watched that five years ago when I was on the podcast. Like everything, <laughs> all of like the first 20 movies from this year feel like a decade ago. Everyone already knows that, but I just had to say it again. For sure. Some of them feel like, oh, I saw this when I still lived in Virginia with you guys. <laughs> no, not a single one. I do feel like I missed some because at the beginning of the year I was out for emergency surgery. So I'm looking back at this list and going, oh, I probably should have watched that at some point. So I still haven't seen High Tension. Oh, I'm don't worry. Same. We started very poorly this year, so no worries. Yeah, I'm, I'm so happy I missed The Grudge still. Every time you guys mention it, it just makes me happy. Yeah. Let's see how many more times it comes up tonight, uh, because it was a massive fucking disappointment. But in keeping with the positives, right, we talked about that antagonist. Let's look at which one of them had the best origin story. Easily done. Night of the Living Dead, because space zombies are amazing. What could be better? (laughs) I'll tell you what could be better. The Phantom from the town that dreaded sundown, because that shit was real. Very true. Uh, Mine is Frank from Maniac. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that. For me... (laughs) I kind of like dug in and I, for me, it's Kathy Bates from Misery. I forgot how great that movie was until we looked over this list. But wait, what was her origin story even? Just being a psycho, <laughs> <laughs> like in the most perfect way and and just, you know, getting this guy in her house. It was just all, I don't know. It was perfect for me because she was so sane and so crazy at the same time. I love sane and crazy as a combination, which is why my best origin story this year has to go to Angela from Sleepaway Camp 2, 
her entire origin story is Sleepaway Camp 1, which is an incredible movie. So it, this was an easy one for me. <laughs> oh, boy. That's original. That's fair. So I think the origin story that you get in Sleepaway Camp, the first Sleepaway Camp, is a really good pick. I'm going to pretend you didn't say Sleepaway Camp 2, though, just for my own personal heart. <laughs> Let's keep things moving, then, with our favorite final girl. Also an easy one for me because we watched the film Antebellum, which was amazing. And Veronica from Antebellum, I think, was the best final girl. Yep. I'm on the same page Janelle Monet killed it I, there is a lot to say about that movie but she as a final girl is amazing I can't get over the um, bloody bloody uh, wedding dress that Samara weaving as Grace in Ready or Not has so my votes for her mm. so I kind of tried to not double dip too many things I tried to have a different movie for each one so my favorite final girl it might be controversial, but it's Lena Haiti as Mary from The Purge. Remember that mom when she just like really had to go through it? Yeah. And then at the very end showed restraint and not killed that bitch that tried to kill her. That's good. That's good. I'm not mad at that at all. That's class. No shame in this one. No shame. Yeah, I'm going to go classic here. I'm going to go with my girl Jess from Black Christmas 1974, because if we had a recap episode back in 2017 when the podcast started, she would have been my favorite fighting girl then. But we, hey, we covered it for Patreon, so it counts. Now, let's go with our most memorable kills. Everything, every death, every kill from Creepshow. Just never forget the bugs. Oh, no, I did forget the bugs until just now. I know. I forgot Creepshow until we started this podcast. I was like, oh, I should have used that. Um, for <laughs> me, it's Final Destination 2. And I want to note that I was riding behind a truck with pipes on it on the way here and almost thought I wasn't going to make it to the podcast, you know? You'll never mm. forget those deaths. It's all the deaths from Final Destination 2. Death, death, pardon you tonight. <laughs> Mine's definitely going to be the uh, microwave exploding head of Krug from uh, the last house on the left, 2006. That's a good one. That's intense. Very intense and very deserving. I actually forgot about that one. And now I feel bad because that one is very good. Um, however, I chose the pretzel kill from the uh, Suspiria remake in 2018. That's, that's intense. a good one. Remember yeah, her? <laughs> yeah, I just remembered her after I banished her from my memory. So thank you so much for ruining my night. <laughs> no salt. I'm going to go something that was also horrific in my in my memory. The second I saw the word memorable kill, I saw Elijah Wood on the bed with this blonde woman whose arms were bound behind her. And he's scalping her Ooh. from the 2012 Maniac remake. Seeing Elijah Wood scalp anyone is not a sight you want to see because he already looks weird. <laughs> yeah, those <laughs> eyes, man. <laughs> those buggy eyes. <laughs> now, speaking of that remake in particular, let's go ahead and get things moving on. We've covered a lot of part twos, a lot of part threes. We've covered a lot of remakes this year. Which one was the best? Suspiria, for sure. Best remake. Wow, I'm going to break up this love fest before y'all continue with that. Um, Night of Living Dead. I loved the remake. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, my choice goes to Final Destination 2. This should come in as no surprise. Uh, it took what was great in the first one and built upon it. And talking about building upon things, I'm talking about the horror movie sequel, Scream 2. Oh, you know what? I feel ashamed that I somehow skipped over that in my list. That, that's a really great one. <laughs> it's all the, all the movies with the short names. You could skip them on the list. And then you're like, wait a minute, I forgot. Yeah, no, for sure. It's Scream 2 is like one of the best sequels. However, for best remake, I think is where my heart was tonight. And I'm going Maniac 2012 because I liked the 80s slasher, which I saw for the first time this year. But it was so artful and remaking it and so intentional in so many ways that it's like, man, hats off to you because you obviously loved the first movie and then did something different on top of it. 
Let's keep things moving right along then with our best ending. So this is an ending that I have referenced ever since we watched the movie. And now I want every movie to end the way this one did. And it's Suspiria 2018. What a theatrical ending that was. I still don't jive with it, but it was definitely a big production. So it's right up your alley. It did the most. It definitely did the most. Yeah, I mean, it's so big, it'll make your head explode. (laughs) Speaking of exploding heads, um, what exploded my head (laughs) was um, high tension. Oh my gosh, Marie being the killer? I had no idea. So it was very uh, twist ending that I very, very, very much enjoyed. My preferred ending, honestly, was uh, The Silence of the Lambs. I think overall the story was great, but when you get to the end, it's it's pretty darn satisfying. And the very end of the movie just leaves us in a spot where you know Hannibal Lecter's up to no good. That's cute. I like that. Mine is a quiet place because it's so intense and I feel mm. like emotional. And and then also we didn't get a quiet place too this year. Sad times. Oh my gosh. So I, I got to throw that out there. And also I don't even remember reviewing this movie this year. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just say that. Yeah, honestly, let's pour it out one time for uh, all the movies we should have gotten this year and didn't. Oh, that's devastating. Rest in peace for the 2020 releases. I got some champagne. I'll go pour a little bit. <laughs> there you go. My best ending is going to be one that is actually one of my favorite horror endings of all time. And it was so significant. And that's the ending to Hellfest. And it's so significant that I'm not even going to spoil what it is for you listeners if you happen to get to this point. But it's something that looking back on it now, looking back at how I felt about it from that quote from Kamala Harris in the Kavanaugh hearing into now her being Madam Vice President elect. It's just such it's such a good moment. It's such a good moment and such a good theme. But one thing I'll tell you that Hellfest is not particularly known for is its uh, sense of wardrobe. Let's look at best dressed. Obviously, the puppets from Puppet Master. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, stop it. I'm going also animated creature. I'm going uh, actually inanimate Brahms from the Brahms, the boy, too. <laughs> Those little cardigans were adorable. I love that answer so much. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> For me, it's Candyman, obviously. That trench coat. Wow. You know how we do. Yes, Paris, I stole that from you. <laughs> Actually, I, I missed it. So my bad. Okay. Good. <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm sure Paris has like the best of yeah, all. So yeah, we'll yeah. save him for last. But mine is going to be very specific. It's going to be Barb um, from Black Christmas 1974. I, I don't know. I'm loving her choker, the button down that's off the shoulder. Ooh. I kind of like try to embody that this weekend with my flannel. Um, I didn't have the bangs, but um, I would kill for some bangs like that. Don't worry. <laughs> we're still going to get you that choker that says yes, 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 yes on the front and says, no on the back <laughs> <laughs> so for me it was it was a close call uh so runner up goes to the entire cast of midsummer that wardrobe really brought us there um but number one and i'm shocked i'm the only one that's saying this but janelle monet in antebellum every single mm-hmm. uh, it's probably because there was so much else going on but if you look back every single one of those looks was like mm, chef's kiss oh 100 percent. and actually speaking of antebellum i'm gonna move us on to this next category because we're looking at best plot and I think Antebellum was my my favorite of the year. I am surprised to hear that. Really? Why? I don't know, but I am. <laughs> it made me feel so many things. That's, yeah. that's true. And I haven't seen a horror movie that powerful in a very long time, except for maybe The Perfection, but in entirely different ways. Well, I'm going kind of classic here because it's Silence of the Lambs. I mean, as I'm looking through, like, what's better than the plot of Silence of the Lambs, you know? 
Maybe there's things. I don't know. You guys have things. Actually, you all pick something. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. I picked um, Cabin in the Woods. um, Just a spin on like your typical tropes. And I think when we talked about it, um, I was able to pick up the plot a little bit better. You know how it's, you know, an ode, but also a middle finger. Um, So which I uh, applaud. Very Alexis. (laughs) I'm going to compliment you. Then I'm going to stick up my middle finger. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) No. Okay. (laughs) The type of movie is very Uh, unbrand. I hate you because I love you. Yes. I love that pick, Alexis, because it's such an original story. And that's kind of what I was looking for with this one. So my vote actually goes to Cam, because I feel like that's such an original script. And the the origin of that script, which we talked a lot about in that episode, is so fascinating to me. And I think it was really well done. Oh, that is such a good one. Mm. I didn't go with something as original, uh, but I went with, I think, the plot of 2020, which is Contagion, uh, mm. because we've actually been living it and seeing it kind of play out in real life. Fun fact, I watched that movie on my very last flight, on the very last day that we oh, all I existed. remember that. When yes. you're coming from, back from Nashville, right? I was coming back from yeah. Nashville watching Contagion while it was all unfolding and the next day everything closed and it was a, it was just a... What a time. What a time it was. And then it's just developed. (laughs) Remember when we all thought, hey, we'll be done with this by summer, right? Yeah. Here we are. Here we are. In December. Yeah. Remember when we thought stores were going to reopen after like two or three weeks? And now we're like, we're at the height of the pandemic nine months later. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, what the hell? And stores are actually open (laughs) at the height of it. (laughs) (laughs) Por que no las dos? We weren't entirely off base, but... Before we acknowledge the depressing realities of the world we're living in, let's give one last little positive out here. Let's go most improved. All right. So the franchise that, you know, perhaps we've covered in the past, but we saw this year a sequel, a um, third entry, a remake, perhaps that you feel boosted the reputation of the franchise. So I really struggled here because although I do often like a sequel or a remake sometimes more than the original, there was nothing on our list that like stood out to me. So I've. I have Maniac, but it's not, like, strong. Mm, Okay. I actually have one that is surprisingly strong. Even though I hacked this movie, it's Saw 3. Because it was so much better than Saw 2 that it, like, it surprised me. Like, man, why did I hate this movie quite so much back in the day? It gave me enough to not completely dread watching Saw 4 when that inevitably happens. Speaking of 4s, Halloween 4 was an improvement over Halloween 3 in my eyes. So I think... uh, yeah, so it gets it gets some credit there. Wow. <laughs> um, I'm going with Chris, uh, but uh, Saw can do no wrong in my eyes, so it's always continuously improving, no matter how <laughs> crazy the plot stories become. Like speaking of plot stories, I felt like the plot story of Child's Play was really enhanced with Child's Play Two, so much so that the two of them together form like an almost perfect horror movie duo. Oh, okay. I like that little fine pairing. It's a good thing we didn't cover three this year. Just saying. (laughs) Well, there's always 2021. Let's go ahead and move things on. Do the good. We're going to get to the bad. Maybe there's a little bit of ugly mixed in there. But let's go with a category that Paris has so cleverly dubbed the stalk of shame. Who was our worst antagonist this year? Well, since I already said Gwyneth Paltrow, um, I will clear. <laughs> I will clear the slate on that. Um, I think uh, Pam Springsteen didn't do the best job as being Angela in Sleepaway <sighs> Camp too. No offense, <laughs> Paris. I'm offended. I don't know. Her voice was annoying. There was really no suspense. It was like, wow. Ha-ha! 
I don't know. She just didn't do it for me. But her hair. But but this, <laughs> but that, no, she was bad. But this, but that, no. <laughs> I'll go into mine, which is uh, famously an episode I was not here for, but worst antagonist of the year by far, Kathy Bates, Annie Wilkes, not scary whatsoever, very goofy, very dumb, a character study in overacting, and I simply don't approve. I will kick you off this podcast right now. I can end this call. I'm here. <laughs> History disagrees with you. Sure, that's fine. <laughs> Wait, I can live I, with that. I have, I have a question. I have a question. Do you disagree with the uh, glorification of alien more or misery? Misery, for sure. Misery? Yeah. As much as you don't like alien? Yeah, I mean, like, Alien, I can recognize a lot of people would like. I Like, obviously, Library of Congress, I don't know. Um, but Misery is just like, it, I don't get it. It's not It's not for me. I picked one for this. That, honestly, I had to because I tried to keep my categories a little bit separated as well. I tried to pick a different movie for each one when I could. So I picked Brahms from Brahms 2. Uh, to me, it was like taking a good thing and just making it bad. Ooh, you're not wrong. Yeah, I'm not mad at that decision. I went with uh, Terry from Blood Rage mm. just because like, eh, you know, eh. but like I like where you went with that too, Mac. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to that 180 slasher that I hacked. I'm going to go Kevin, the shitty boyfriend from Graduation Day. Actually, was he that shitty? I don't know. But, you know, he had some underlying red flags there that he probably would have ended up being pretty shitty. Had she not died so tragically on the track. Wow. What a shitty origin story. That actually gets my vote for worst origin story. Oh, delightful. Your girlfriend died running to death. So then you kill everybody in like sports themed ways. I don't think. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I wish I could forget that movie. (laughs) I wish I could quit you. (laughs) I think I may have like slightly cheated here, but I picked Cam because although we don't have like a specific person, the backstory of what is happening is like, there's too many questions for me and I hated it a lot. Speaking of lots of questions, um, <laughs> I get the story, I get the backstory of Brahms and, uh, you know, the boy. But the boy too, I'm just unsure of how he just became a demonic presence. Like, how was he a person and then mm. now not? So yeah, he gets my vote. And speaking of boys, I picked Billy from Black Christmas 2006. I think the origin story we talked about, you know, in the first one, the original, we talked about like, okay, I wish we had some more information. And then we get to 2006. And I'm like, no, that was the wrong information. information. (laughs) (laughs) Just why, why did you, you know, it's like when you ask somebody to tell you a story and they're like, okay, I got one. And then they tell you the most horrible story ever. And you're like, I regret everything I've done. <laughs> well, there you go. I actually 100% agree with you on Billy. Billy's backstory was totally botched and ruined in Black Christmas 2006. But I'm also going to do you one further and add Agnes to the mix because oh yeah, one of the best quotes that my family has like grown up with is just like, you know, whispering, Agnes, don't tell what we did. And it's like, who the fuck is Agnes? I don't know, but it's creepy as fuck. And then you see Agnes <laughs> and then it's like, I never want to see Agnes again. Agnes is a massive disappointment. So I feel that, Mac. But among those disappointments that we've had this year, let's see which one of them was the most disappointing survivor. Which one made it out that you really wish just didn't? Can I count this as a survivor? I picked Dawn from Teeth. <laughs> really? I mean, what? I don't know if Dawn is the antagonist or the protagonist, but... It's up in the air. But you wanted She's her to die? the hero of the movie. <laughs> also the killer. 
Right. So both. And the end of the movie is what makes me dislike the fact that she survived. Interesting. Oh, yeah. We, we, oh, because we... she goes on a killing spree with her vagina. Yeah. Teeth. I applaud yeah. it, which That's is fair. why I was the only person to <laughs> give this a slash. It's like Dexter. Is Dexter an antagonist or protagonist? Both. Right. You can be both. Right. He's sexy. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, at least he's killing with morals, unlike uh, Hannibal Lecter, you know? My vote's definitely going to go for uh, the racists that all survived at the end of Antebellum because I would like to see them all have been massacred. Mm. Whoa. Yeah, kind of on a similar strain there, I chose the trash neighbors from The Purge, the people that should have been gone. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, See, for me, maybe this was just a personal vendetta, but it's the mom from Blood Rage. She was just horrible. <laughs> That's true. I actually thought she died. You know, honestly, in my head, I had to she go back. Dead. I had to go back to confirm because in my mind, she died too. <laughs> <laughs> it's all that red wine, man. It makes you survive. It's good for you. <laughs> for me, I'm going to go back to Chopping Mall, 1986, and I'm going to go Ferdy because Ferdy was just unconscious and just shows up at the end with you know a bloody wad of toilet paper, a toilet oh, paper yeah. roll to his head. And he just left her to fend for herself. So fuck that guy. He didn't need to make it out. On the theme of Chopping Mall, I'm actually going to take us into our worst kills of the year. I'm looking at your boy Rick Stanton, and this hurts me to say because he was a actor who appeared in a Friday the 13th film. I adore him. From Chopping Mall, he's the guy who's like riding the thing. His wife gets killed and then he just rides into something and collides with it and gets electrocuted. (laughs) And it's the most underwhelming death for a character who was so competent up to that point. It's just like, where did your sense of anything go, sir? Also, just like moving at 10 miles an hour when that happened. Yeah, it was like slow motion without slow motion. And it's just, there's no way he should have died. As much as I love Chucky, um... And I would never want to see him die. He does get my worst kill in Child's Play, too. He just kept coming alive and going back, like, and then getting killed again. And then coming back to life and then getting killed again. It was just, like, very, I was, like, I was over it. I was over it. Girl, brace yourself for the rest of the franchise. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go with Josh Hartnett from 30 Days of Night, simply because I don't think he deserved to go out at the end of the film. Um you know, he kind of earned his place. He earned his keep. He should have just been himself afterwards. But spoiler alert, he didn't make it. What a bummer. That's cute that you chose worst kill as somebody you didn't want to see die, Mac, when a kill such as the football kill from graduation day was on the table. Uh, (laughs) If you recall, there was a sword at the end of that football that was thrown and impaled a person. That's epic. And the dumb jock caught it because, you know, he's programmed to catch footballs. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> truly just horrible. realistic so i'm gonna uh, bring a kill from teeth the one that involves a penis being removed which one there's a lot of them the one that we see fall out of her yes the waterfall cave okay I, i'm gonna go one in the cave but there the other one is also bad but i'm gonna go the one in the cave it was pretty horrible it killed me inside <laughs> i'm sure it did <laughs> it made me excited i don't know <laughs> Well, Alexis, I know you're excited. Let's see if you stay excited when we get into worse sequels or remakes, because I'm going to start you off real hard here with Black Christmas 2006. Mm. I'm going to confirm that same thing. You know what? I, I could have gone for that, but I went for a sequel instead. I went for Halloween 3. And if you've been on the episode or listened to the episode, you know why, because I it's not even a sequel. It's not even Halloween. That's true. You're going based on uh, principle. Principle. And the fact that it was a bad movie. But, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. For me, um, it, it had to be a movie that was good and then was so shitty in the remake or the sequel. 
And that's Brahms the boy too. They had such a good plot and story and reveal in the first one. And then they were like, what if none of that happened and it was just a ghost doll? Yes. Unacceptable. Just make a new movie. Plus Katie Holmes was in that. Why? You know, I will say that Katie Holmes, I, I, I became more endeared to her in the Bra- in Brahms the boy too, because I could not stand her prior. To answer the question, she is an actress. She she does do that for a living, <laughs> believe it or not. I, I do agree with the boy, too, for sure. Um, mine definitely has to go to Grudge 2020 because I'm not sure if what it is, uh, whether it's a remake, sequel, it builds on this story, but it's freaking horrible. Yeah, it was one of those cop-out, it takes place at the same time in a different country continuation and it's the same exact story talk about originality jesus christ intensity <laughs> here i was so excited for that movie i think that's where this distaste for this movie comes i was so excited and it was just a freaking disappointment <laughs> meanwhile i hated the original so i wasn't that disappointed what it's so iconic for our age yeah i was bored watching the first one but i thought maybe when I saw that Lin Shay was going to be in it, I thought that, oh, okay, this could be a good thing. Like, maybe it'll, you know, make me actually appreciate the original. Uh, it did in all the wrong ways, folks. But let's talk about other disappointments. Let's go most disappointing ending. I'm going to make somebody mad, but I think it's Saw 3. Oh, that's fair. I can see yeah, that. Yeah, no. Who's going to be mad? Oh, really? I am? I, I, oh, I I <laughs> I'm packing my bag right now. She's going to kick me out. It's okay. You're allowed to have your opinion, but not in this house. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Get under Just my kidding. roof. Your opinion Sorry, stays at the door. <laughs> uh, mine's going to be uh, the house is October built because don't know what happens oh, in the yeah. ending. Like it just ends and I'm just left with this feeling. I mean, I get it. If you watch number two, you understand what happens. But if I'm just going slowly on the first one, it's a very disappointing ending. Honestly, Alexis, such a good answer. I actually forgot about that ending. So that gets my vote too. But I put Black Christmas 1974 because I was waiting and waiting and waiting for some answers and we got diddly. Uh, let me tell you about a movie that further disrespects the concept of answers uh, because Black Christmas gave you exactly the information it intended you to have. Uh-huh. Let's talk about <laughs> Phantasm, which made no fucking sense. <laughs> and it was a movie that I had to spend multiple viewings and days pondering, <laughs> trying to unpack to unravel and i shit you not i pay attention to movies but that was so nonsensical i couldn't justify it at all (laughs) oh that's so hard to hear well you didn't call it your best ending so yeah (laughs) it wasn't it wasn't the best i don't you know it wasn't it wasn't the worst it was a typical like sci-fi ending though you know leaving Mm. you questioning reality there are so many movies that i think have rough endings and i feel bad because i feel like i've already mentioned them all um but I'm just going to give like a few here. I agree with most of the ones that you've said, right? Like um, Black Christmas, the first one, I didn't like the ending. And then I go back to like Teeth, the ending was miserable. And then it, there's just a lot to go through. I think one of the worst ones, though, is 13 Ghosts, where there's just like chaos and gears oh, yeah. everywhere. Why were there so many gears? And Tony Shalhoub like jumps through that thing using math. Yeah. <laughs> using math. <laughs> yeah, it was rough. It's just like... Slightly more adult spy kids movie. (laughs) Just want to note that that was like one of my only picks I've ever thrown into the pool for this podcast. And as we did it, I was like, what? (laughs) Why did I do this? (laughs) It's okay. The theme of our episode is let's try again in 2021. So we'll see. Yeah. I got a good pick for next year. 
Speaking of trying again in uh, 2021, hopefully we'll see some better wardrobes. We had some pretty big offenders this year, especially once Paris joined and actually started pointing it out to everybody. Mm. Who was our worst dressed? My Bloody Valentine from 2009. Thanks, Dawson's Creek. Ooh, <laughs> damn. That's, that's good. That's good. <laughs> How about the tattered look from the, I don't know, I know they're supposed to be cannibals, but they mostly look like cavemen from um, The Hills Have Eyes 1977. True. Oh, so yeah. True. I mean, they do be living in the hills. Yeah. <laughs> they're underprivileged. They have no resources. They clearly had a lot. They had lots of cars, lots of people that they, they have. They robbed a lot of people. Yeah, they robbed a lot of people. Not of their clothes. Though. I was going to say, they could have stolen their clothes, you know? <laughs> I think they wore their clothes into the ground until it was non-existent. <laughs> it wasn't a lot of visitors, clearly. For me, it just has to be a repeat offender uh, who is the mom again from Blood Rage. Every single outfit she wore was criminal. And if I never had to see a 60-year-old woman in pigtails in a baby doll dress again, it would be too soon. Now, I second that 100%. The mom from Blood Rage. Even though I defended her, because she's not ugly, but she was very poorly dressed. There are so many poorly dressed people in horror movies that none of them stand out to me and I can't remember anything. Now who's judgmental? Uh, me. It's us. <laughs> we, are, we literally judge people in movies for a living. Mm -hmm. Not even a living. We don't get paid. It's <laughs> true. For you guys aren't free. getting paid? <laughs> if anything, I'm paying the world to keep the show going. <laughs> well, let's see if we can reignite some fires here. And I know we had a lot to choose from in the worst dress category, but what about worst plot? I'm going to bring it back real quick. The ending was so bad because the entire plot was bad. A phantasm. Mm, I feel it. I can't even remember what happened in the house of the devil. So I just oh, really realized I watched a movie where, I mean, she was just sitting in a house. She was sitting in the house for a lot of that movie. <laughs> yeah. And nothing was happening. And I was like, but what is this movie? It's supposed to be a cult. I have no idea. <laughs> Extra anchovies, though. Yes. There you go. That's all I remember about that movie. I actually can't remember watching that. Movie. Yeah, because nothing <laughs> happened in the plot. The plot story. <laughs> I can remember Maniac, both of them, and they both had a bad plot. Interesting. Okay, Mr. I don't want backstory, but I do want backstory. But when there's backstory, I don't fucking like it. <laughs> it depends on what you get, you know? People are crazy to be crazy. You want a good story. You want someone who can give you some good details, some juicy details. Not the. I don't want the creepy, gross, nasty details. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not trying to yuck anyone's yum, but that was it was all yuck. I think I'm going to go uh, graduation day just because mm. it, it just wasn't there, you know? Yeah, that's an excellent choice. Uh, I was torn on this one between Chopping Mall, which, as we know, is a movie about security robots that start killing people at a mall because there's a thunderstorm outside, um, and Puppet Master, which is a story of several psychics who are then killed by puppets. So maybe we stop making movies like this. <laughs> the second one's way better, I'm telling you. <laughs> it's because psychics are fake they don't exist just saying but puppets are real puppets are real puppets are definitely real they're, they're controlled by human hands but puppets are real i was gonna say they're real when there's a hand up their butt yeah <laughs> hey aren't we all uh... and now we said it well things have gone a direction that uh is unanticipated here coming from mac <laughs> Usually, yep. those kind of comments are reserved for Alexis. It's usually us going back and forth. Yeah. We feed off of each other. Well, Alexis, if the second Puppet Master is an improvement on the original, then maybe that's something we can consider for next year. But this year, we did have some detriments. 
Let's go least improved franchise, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and break your heart, Paris. It's Sleepaway Camp 2 Unhappy Campers because it destroyed an iconic summer camp movie. I take umbrage with this, and we'll keep moving on with my life. Well, sorry to break your heart a second time because uh, I totally agree. Um, I know I kept watching the franchise, which I will admit, <laughs> um, but honestly, I like that can't be goodness, but in general, not an improved franchise at all. Haters going to hate. I don't think that it lacked improvement. I thought it was pretty consistent with the first one. Yikes. That's, really? Even I don't agree with that. It didn't go downhill. It didn't go uphill. It just kind of stayed around. I'm actually kind of going on like a similar thing. I'm doing Last House on the Left. Really? Specifically because they kept such uh, like the intense feelings from the woods uh, mm. that we didn't need to really keep in the new one. We could have done without that, you know? But it's not necessarily... No, it's not necessarily worse than the first one, but stays in the same stays in the same realm of we didn't need that. Yeah, they had a chance to not make that choice, but they still made that choice. Yeah, they did choose that. You know what I didn't need? The Vertigo from Hell House. Well, the entire franchise, but definitely from the second one as well. You know, I mean, I hacked, I, I believe I hacked both of them. Um, if I didn't, I should have. But um, <laughs> the first one was a hack and the second go around, it didn't get better for me. It was it was still in my hack in my hack log. Your hackables? Yeah, I bring those to, to lunch with me, hackables. They're pretty good. For me, I'm going to share something controversial but brave. Uh, it's Friday the 13th 3. As somebody who had never seen a Friday the 13th movie, uh, the first one was surprisingly good, the second one was surprisingly great, and then the third one was just garbage. So that was a real disappointment for me. Don't at me. Don't come into my DMs. This is what I feel. No, I can assure you that many people will feel the same way as you. Certainly one of the things that that franchise is very prominent for is its copious amounts of nudity. And boy, did we get a lot of it this year. But when was it most unnecessary? When was a moment where we didn't need to see Nip? I am going to come out here and say uh, I didn't feel that any of it was super unnecessary. (laughs) (laughs) Super unnecessary? No, not what I was expecting. Yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't see any nips that weren't, uh, you know, weren't uh, all right. I this guess off brand. It was all okay for the movies we watched. Speaking <laughs> of awkward, uh, teenagers in the mall in a furniture store in the mm. middle of the night. That was a time when I didn't need to see Nip in shopping mall. I didn't need that. I forgot about that Raymore and Flanagan orgy. Yeah, it was weird. Weird, <laughs> weird furniture store orgy. Hey, guys, let's go hook up at Sears. Very uncomfortable. Also, very awkward for people buying furniture in the future. <laughs> oh, 100%. I'm going to go uh, nudity that was expected. But when our friend Jason pointed it out on Facebook about just how extensive it was and I had to reconsider, he's absolutely right. The nudity... The level of nudity at the drive-in in Blood Rage was absurd. Yes, I would say not expected at all whatsoever. You know what that reminds me of? When people go to like take a pee like in the men's room and they just pull their pants all the way down to their ankles. Down to their ankles, yeah. yeah. Is that a thing that happens? Yeah. Like not a, often, like a sometimes. five-year-old boy? No, we're talking about adults. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A no, five-year-old, you, you get it. Yes. You're like, all right, you're <laughs> right. new to this. You've only had a couple of years, but a full-grown adult, you walk in and they're like hurrying to pull up their pants. like, And you're like, you, there's there's a thing made into your pants that you don't, you don't have to pull them all the way down. <laughs> but that's kind of what that felt like. It's like, you can leave like your shirt on at least in the drive-in. I don't even think in my shower I get as naked as they were in, the, in this drive-in, <laughs> honestly. I believe that. 
you're never nude. Are you always wearing shower shoes? I'm t- listen, it's, it just feels so out of place in this drive-in that it- <laughs> They expose their skin and their souls? Yeah. Like, are they extra naked? For me, uh, a big fan of nip slips um, and one who is known to slip a nip myself, uh, this was hard. So I ultimately decided that the angry princess from 13 Ghosts did not necessarily need to have her stabbed ghostly necrotic boobs in my face. You're not wrong. Literally Google her right now. And look at those boobs. I thought that was one that you were like really a really big fan of. Well, I mean, on one hand, like most iconic boobs for sure. (laughs) On the other hand, did we need them? I don't think. Iconic and unnecessary. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's a fair assessment from the Scream Queen. (laughs) I'm looking it up right now. I'm still okay with it. (laughs) What is happening? What was really awkward for me was watching um, boobies bounce up and down um, in My Bloody (laughs) Valentine, uh, the 2000s version. Um, Literally did not need the moaning. I thought I was watching porn and I was like, wait, that's my other browser. My bad. (laughs) (laughs) That's a private window. (laughs) She doesn't use private. And you got to see it so many times. You got it when we saw the scene. We got it when the dude was watching the scene back like a creeper at his computer to look for clues. Oh yeah, that was excessive. Good choices all around. And that's going to wrap up our hack category. And we have just a few little uh, awards to issue out this year. Now, not all of us may have answers for some of these. And I think one of them is going to be particularly iconic. But let's go best movie of the year. I think the best movie of this year came out this year, which was Antebellum. Mm. Mm, Totally agree. Um, But I will say the movie that came out this year that I think was the best one was host mm. also because those chicks are so cool even on like like all social media i was like they rock yeah it was like one of those things where the movie was great to see but then also the behind the scenes stuff was great yeah yeah well. the moment was really nice i want to second that host is still my favorite movie of the year maybe one of my favorite movies of the last couple of years just for it being purely innovative and innovative in a way that you don't see on its face because it feels familiar but just to think about everything that went into that movie, it's just, ah, uh, chef's kiss. You know, I'm gonna go Candyman here. Obviously, it's not new this year, but I don't know how I made it my whole life without seeing it. And just remember feeling so happy when I finally, finally watched it. I appreciate all of the choices you've made. I was only able to narrow this down to six and you've killed off three. So <laughs> nice. Thank you. Uh, the remaining three are Silence of the Lambs, of course. Uh, Midsommar, and A Quiet Place. All great choices. Yeah, not mad at any of that. Well, let's see if uh, the tables turn at all in worst movie of the year. I want to go Teeth. Really? As much as I hated Phantasm, I'm still pissed off at Teeth. I'm going to wow. go Phantasm for your Yeah, it's sake. Phantasm. <laughs> That's okay. It's a, it's a good one. It's a good one. Keep it on the list. Teeth has company. I'm going to throw April Fool's Day into that mix because I think it was pretty trash. What? <laughs> Can't wait till we get to the remake next year. Um, mine is a grudge because like I've explained before, I had lots and lots of expectations and it just fell flat. Just like some people I've dated. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to our next category that I have absolutely no response for. But of course, with Paris joining us this year, uh, we know that he has been he's been around to name some daddies. So let's go. Uh, best daddy. Hottest killer. Here we go. Uh, thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, the nominees for best daddy of the year are John Krasinski in A Quiet Place. Oh, Colin Farrell in Fright Night. Anthony Hopkins in Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, daddy. (laughs) 
sleeper fave Robert Rustler, Ron, from Nightmare on Elm Street 2, and Tony Todd in The Candyman. Wait, we have to pick one? Because that, that's, that's definitely difficult. Mac the envelope, please. Okay, here's the envelope. And the winner for Best Daddy goes to Tony Todd. You know it's Tony Todd. It's always Tony Todd. We all agree. (laughs) Tony Todd is always daddy. Yep. (laughs) It's a rule. Alexis, with an honorable mention, I'm sure, for Hannibal. Yes, for sure. (laughs) Paris and I can't have the only preferences here. (laughs) We gotta let Alexis love the crazies. You know, when I I saw this, I I actually thought of one, and it wasn't a daddy if you had to go for hottest killer. I don't know if it's technically, she's kind of a killer, but uh, Tilda Swinton from Suspiria, the uh, the remake. Okay. She's a daddy. She does have big dick energy. Don't let your dreams be dreams. All right. Um, I did have um Hannibal question mark because I knew that that was going to be my number one spot. But Mark Duplass, he is for sure my second daddy runner up. I don't know. He's not too bad. He is just like a daddy. Though. Sorry, not to be this person. Who's that from Creep? Yeah, he's the guy from Creep. <laughs> okay. So okay, <laughs> by daddy, do you mean like dad? Yeah, like he he'd be a good dad. He'd be like a nice dad to my kids. <laughs> Best dad bot. <laughs> I just want to compliment the surprise sleeper nominee that we got from a Nightmare on Elm Street too, because he was a very handsome man. He was. I am just so happy that the original Brahms the boy wasn't in there because he's the least attractive person ever. Yeah, and he wasn't in the sequel, so doesn't qualify this year. <laughs> yeah, I know. But for some reason I felt like you were gonna make it happen somehow. I couldn't. The Academy wouldn't allow it. (laughs) I fought for it, but no. (laughs) Let's go ahead and start winding things down then. Which movies were exceptionally new and noteworthy? Maybe one that you saw this year that didn't stand out to you as the best, but fresher 2020 release that you enjoyed. So I believe everyone should watch Annabellum. And I did not love the movie as a movie. And so that's why it's not in any of my best or worst categories, to be honest. Um... But I do think it's something that is noteworthy, and a lot of people should watch it, even if it's not a perfect horror movie. I have one that uh, I didn't get to see that I'm very upset about because I got screening tickets for and then had no one to go with. But it's The Invisible Man that came out this year. (gasps) Oh, yeah. And I really hope that uh, we get to see it next year for this podcast because... Boy, am I excited. Oh my gosh, I love that movie. I'm I'm also going to double up on Annabellum, partially because I didn't see host so i'm i'm not sure too you're missing out i know i'm missing out on that as well i missed out on a lot this year but i feel like annabellum was an absolutely stellar film and like ryan mentioned like people should watch it not because it's a horror film and because it's a good horror film or anything like that just because as a film like everyone in the u.s should watch it and if you're listening from overseas you should watch it and if you know somebody who's living on the moon like they should watch it too I said this before, and I guess I'll just say it again, but I don't know. Um, host still gives me vibes when I'm on a Zoom call. So for, and I'm like, have a bunch of doors in my new place now. And I'm like, close them all. For me, my answer is just going to reinforce the answers that have already been given, which is Antebellum for sure. Best movie, new release that we've reviewed on the podcast this year for sure. Uh, but also honorable mention to Invisible Man, like Chris mentioned. I did get to see that in theaters. Uh, I can't wait to review that one because that's going to be fun. And what about our other honorable mentions? Yes, I have a very specific honorable mention. And this is for all of our listeners out there. It is a movie on Netflix called His House. And <gasps> it is incredible. And I think everyone should watch it. I hope that we get to review it sometime soon. 
um, it's such a fresh take on horror. I think, you know, nothing's perfect, but for a Netflix horror movie that kind of got no love, I really, really wanted to point it out and uh, give everybody something to watch, uh, you know, on New Year's Eve. Ryan, I love that. This was on my watch list. Didn't realize it came out. So thank you for bringing this to my attention. Um, it also stars Wunmi Masaku, who I fell in love with this year from the series Lovecraft Country. Um, if you are a fan of horror and or sci-fi, give that a watch. It had some of the best gore effects I've ever seen in my life, uh, and it's very visually stunning and a pretty solid story, too. This movie haunts my dreams, but it's not necessarily a horror movie, um, but it was on Netflix and it's called The Platform. And I don't know if anyone's seen it, but it's I don't know. It's, it really dives deep into like um, class and um, I don't know. It, it's to me. I just kept thinking about it after it and I was like, I wish I never watched it. I don't like sad movies. Oh, wow. I don't like things where people like hurt people intentionally, not for, you know, the sake of a horror movie. But uh, <laughs> I like when people murder people accidentally because they're killers. <laughs> or, or if they have a, a mask on, they're fine. Like <laughs> a, a big one that's in my mind. I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's Apostle. And it comes to mind because this has honestly been the year probably for most people of having the most at-home TV time that they've ever had. Lots of binge-watching, lots of Netflix, lots of HBO Max. Uh, but Apostle is, I think, a fantastic watch. It's super dark. It's really gritty. It's gross in like several spots. And it's honestly sad that it didn't make it into the theaters, um, that it was just a Netflix movie, because I think it would have been huge. It's absolutely stunning. We should review all of these for next year. All good things come to those who wait, and plenty of things to check out for our listeners. Now, we said earlier that we had so many numbers of hacks, so many numbers of slashes, but let's take a moment to live in alternate reality. Let's paint a picture of maybe a time when you were a different person, and perhaps you would change something if you could. Not saying you can, but if you could retract the hack, which hack would you retract? I would definitely do um, A Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy's Revenge, just because um, hearing both Chris and Paris talk about the movie, um, it was it was just an interesting perspective um, and just some of the like documentaries and stuff that and kind of like the history behind the movie, which I thought was really interesting. So that's probably one I would retract. Yeah, that is an interesting one that I am like one of the the strong slashers there. And I'm like, come to my side, people. But uh, for me, it would be Final Destination 2 because Ooh. I can't remember why. I mean, I know why I hacked it. It's because it's like, eh, it's just not quite there. The acting was terrible. It was an OG. Yeah, but yeah. It, yeah, it's like a classic that I feel like, especially as you like watch the little Easter eggs and everything a little bit more. I think I think I could go for a slash, you know, a little soft slash. For me, I went through the list of things that I hacked and I got to this one movie and I thought, you know, I look back on this fondly. I I can't really stand by my hack. And that's Scream 2. Uh, I take it back. I apologize. <gasps> Scream 2 was good and fun. Wow. What a moment that is pleasing to my career. <laughs> yes, this is great. So next year when we do Scream 3, we're going to say, remember Scream 2 and how you felt then? <laughs> Love this. You're on the right side of history, Paris. I didn't hack enough movies this year to go back and change any of them. I only hacked a couple and I stand by the ones I hacked. You are quite the slasher. I am. I apparently am very forgiving. That's fair. You're forgiving until you're not. And when you're not, it's for good reason. Because I agree with you 100%. Of the hacks that I gave, I stand by them completely. Do not like them, including the 1981 graduation day. But I will say 
that if we're still in this dream world, you know, like Freddy Krueger, right? And if we are potentially rehashing some slashes, there's a slash that I would rehash, and that would be Brahms the Boy 2, and I don't know why I was so kind to it. Wait, you slashed it? I slashed it, but I think it was because it wasn't terrible. It wasn't as good as the the boy, right? But we're starting the year off well. Pre-pandemic, Chris. Chris is feeling good about a lot of things. <laughs> it was a different time. <laughs> different time, different people. I was freshly 30. Now I'm turning 31 today, and it's just, it's all weird. It's all weird. Yes, I forgot to also uh, remind everyone that we're doubling this as a happy birthday Chris episode. Oh, yeah, this it's not the purpose, but thank you. No, at all. It, it is the purpose. <laughs> That's what we're here for. <laughs> what a great way to spend your birthday. Yes, I like to spend my birthday with reflection and plans for the future because I'm a Capricorn. Mm, <laughs> of course part. you are. Conducting <laughs> business is the way I celebrate things. As much trash as I talked about Sleepaway Camp 2, <gasps> I'm going to take away my slash yes. from it. <laughs> I think you. I just gave it because it was a fun movie. But the more I talk about how I disliked it, I was like, well, maybe I shouldn't have actually given it a slash. Mm-hmm. Possibly. Sorry, Paris. That's okay. At this point, I've become numb. (laughs) (laughs) Just like in Cam. Oh, my God. (laughs) My slash that I would like to take back, I'm pretty sure, is one or both of the Hell House movies. Because I just remember being so afraid of them, and I'm not sure why. And maybe, maybe only one of them deserves to have, maybe one of them does deserve to have a slash. I, I'm not really sure, but it feels wrong that they both have it. And I, I'm I'm kind of dancing by myself in a couple of those. You know, I don't want to get rid of any of my slashes, but I do have to correct myself because I'm pretty sure that I said I had not seen High Tension earlier in the episode. And I definitely did. And I definitely slashed it. So I don't want to remove that, <laughs> but I just want to remove from your memory the idea that I didn't watch it. Well, there we go. Uh, so mine is one that I've like been thinking about ever since I slashed it. Um, and this is something that, you know, I slashed it under under certain circumstances, but then those circumstances proved to not be accurate. And now I can't stand by it anymore. And that's prom night, 1980. Uh, the fact that the, uh, glitter ski masked, uh, mascara lipstick wearing character was in no way queer at all was very disappointing to me. And I, I can't stand by it. Soundtrack though, still gets a slash. Disco dancing still gets a slash. Yep. Still slash moments, just not an overall sum of slash. That's right. Ah, that's fair. Well, obviously, of the 74 movies we've watched, we've had a lot to divide up here. But let's make things a little bit more intimate, a little bit more personal. Let's step away from the show for just a moment. 2020 has been a dark year. It's been rough. It's been challenging, stressful. One of the things that I'm so happy about is the amount of new listeners we've gotten who've reached out specifically because they've enjoyed Listening to our show amidst the pandemic, uh, friends in the UK, you know, Joey, one of our patrons, Joey, who's a UPS driver, has listened to us, you know, during his workday. And you have to imagine, right, with the increased demand that they've had. So that's something I'm exceptionally proud of. But stepping away from the show for a bit, what is something in your life that has been a good, positive little nugget of joy this year? So for me, 
with as crazy as this year has been, I think realizing uh, how much like people and time with people and small things matter to us, uh, that has been the biggest, uh, not that it's been a realization, but appreciating those small moments has been like one of my favorite things that's come out of this year. So no matter how much struggle there's been, there's always been moments of growth. For me, it's going to be having moved in with my boyfriend. Uh, This is something that I did not plan to do this year and it happened and I feel great. It has been a successful transition. Honestly, quarantining together really helped us realize like, oh, we could live together. It would be easier because we wouldn't have to go back and forth to each other's houses to keep these animals alive. So it's been good. It's it's good to find someone you're compatible existing in life with because it can be a difficult task. Oh man, 2020. Paris, uh, we were on the opposite track this year, but uh, (laughs) I will say this year has just made me appreciate like, my friends a lot more and just, you know, the relationships that I want to keep close to me, um, especially like when you can only spend so much time with people and, you know, you, you can only interact, you know, sometimes via zoom and, you know, you find out who those like true friends are. And, you know, I really appreciate that. I have those people in my life and I've been able to consolidate it to the people that matter. Mm. Nice and efficient, like a good Capricorn. Yeah. Capricorns love a social consolidation. (laughs) You're looking at it right here on this podcast. Trim the fat. (laughs) (laughs) This does not bring me joy. (laughs) hundred percent. I think when you look at this year, this has already been like such a turbulent time in my life. Like I started this podcast in a very turbulent time in my life. And this is like year three of my my personal rebuild. So to look at everything that's transpired with a pandemic and looking at my current living situation and now, you know, being living with someone who could be exceptionally vulnerable and having that stress. I think I'm very fortunate that very early on I was able to begin working from home and not have to worry about that risk. But even then, looking at the relationship that being home and not having to worry about a commute, just a little bits of like FaceTime movie dates with my girlfriend, like for all the trash that has happened in this world, I've been able to carve out some really good moments to strengthen my relationships. And I absolutely love it. That's cute. Yeah, (laughs) let's talk about strengthening relationships. Oh my goodness. This has been a great year for me. If we go back a year, so the end of of 2019, um, I went on a first date with a girl, um, literally like the week before Christmas, and then I saw her again on New Year's Eve. And basically, I have spent every day with said girl. So this this woman has been a, a part of my life the entirety of 2020, and of 2019, I met her once. So. It's been, it's been an amazing year. Um, I started off 2020 having cholecystitis, or basically my gallbladder turned into a horror movie, and then we uh, we ripped it out. We gave it a hack and got rid of that uh, that gallbladder, I'm and sorry. that happened. Just to clarify, we as a doctor, right? Yeah, the, yeah, not us. Yeah, okay, just, I, no, we, we did not rip it out. <laughs> Here at Hacker Slash, performed surgery. You're talking about a girl for a long time, and then you said we, and it sounds like you guys did it at home. <laughs> like we all have butcher knives. It's it's easy. No, just kidding. A doctor, you know, ripped it out. But but think about this. So we go on a first date, and then we go on our second date, literally on you know the first of the year, and then nine days later, I'm going into the ER. Right. So I've, I basically saw her every day. Nine days later, I go into the ER and she's there with me the entire time through the ER, going into get my surgery, going in after the surgery. She's like sleeping there. And then eventually we're like, you have to go back to work. You know, you don't have to stay here. It's okay. Like at, at this point, I'm safe. 
But yeah, first thing into a new relationship, and that's just kind of how she's been the entire time, completely selfless, completely giving, completely thoughtful and amazing. And this woman is the love of my life. And as of the week before Thanksgiving, we're going to go into 2021 planning our wedding. Well, it's mostly planned. Our young Mac is engaged. That is right. We're all invited. (laughs) That's right. The hackers slash crew. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see what happens in in, in 2021. We're hopeful things will get better. I have to admit, it's been a real ride for all of us too because every week we were wondering when you were proposing yeah <laughs> and every week I'd for so like, long what the heck for so long so it's nice getting these updates and finally getting a card i like to think yeah. we convinced him that the ring design was right i think yes. we were the ones <laughs> we have been with you through these steps and it's nice it's really cool and she's an angel and she's she's the most amazing literally asking when she could bake for the podcast Oh, yeah. yeah. She made our freaking cake. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> our 100 episode cake. Yeah. You left that important milestone out. That is true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of Look, you may have fallen in love with her at, at your surgery. We fell in love with her when she baked us a cake. Yes. Yeah. It was the red velvet, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. yeah, it was. She put something in it. What an excellent moment. And I, I think that speaks to a lot of the happiness that we found here. But Mac, I'm so happy for you. This has been a journey. I remember when, I remember when this woman became your podcast official girlfriend so that's super exciting (laughs) so now we've gotten to bask in the personal stuff uh let's refocus just a little bit on our show and let's take a look back at our goals that we set last year for the 2020 version of our podcast i can tell you i failed my (laughs) goal for 2020 um it was to go into a haunted house and yep that did not happen this year and probably will never happen (laughs) yeah i was like why did alexis set a fake goal because clearly that wasn't gonna happen. I wanted to, and t- trust me, my friends are real damn close. And I was like, okay, if I'm gonna go to a haunted house, I'm gonna go with y'all and not them. No offense, but it would have felt like betrayal. It would have. I had to be in, like, either way, I'm gonna have to be slightly drugged if I go into one, drugged or you know, twenty we'll call some folks. Yeah, there we go. Someone get me some Xanax and a four loco, and I'll be good few, to go. A few golden monkeys will be good. Sounds like a bad mix. Yeah, a f- yes, golden monkey, uh, victory brewery. We are here for you. Yeah, can you sponsor <laughs> our haunted house <laughs> visit escapades? I also failed at my goal, and it was to be scared. Yeah, obviously, yeah, obviously, not even once, Mac. Another fake goal. I mean, it's you know, it's a goal. It it's not maybe the most realistic goal, but. Maybe maybe one day it'll happen. I'll be watching a movie and I'll like shudder or something. I don't know. <laughs> we'll we'll see what happens. I'll be uh, maybe I won't be as analytical during a film. And then maybe I need to get like pretty buzzed before I watch something. That's the trick. Is that you what? Just watch hosts on okay. your laptop. Okay. Yes, watch it With on the device. With all the lights off alone. Yeah, but don't watch it on your TV. Watch it on a device. Yeah. It's yeah. like it's so much better. I mean, it's already great, but right. So my goal was to make more graphics basically for the show. And I think we did pretty good this year. Um, Chris and I worked on all the Halloween stuff. Oh yeah. And, uh, I loved doing that. And I loved having like something specific for us for Halloween since obviously horror movies are super popular in October. Um, and Halloween was, it was just like a different look for us, but also super fun. You absolutely kicked ass, Ryan. Like a lot of the merch that we have is based on your design. So don't sell yourself short here. Ooh, just so we're clear, everything I do is possible through Chris Rojas. That's it. (laughs) There is nothing in this world that I can do without her. There's nothing you can't do in this world. Let's just put it this way. You build furniture. You do all sorts of things. But everything I do requires I call Chris. I swear to you, I'm not joking. Every single thing. 
everything. Even the resin Legos. Chris talked you through making uh, a end yeah, table. Yeah. She doesn't listen. There's always something I need from her. Okay. She she guides me through this world. I ask her questions that she already knows the answers to, and that's really what it is. Which is what I need. However, I, one of the goals that I had was obviously for the continued growth and prosperity of the show. I wanted to expand the type of content we have for Patreon because our Patreon really didn't exist, right? It was like a strictly donation only and maybe early access. And I also wanted to get started with folding in guest spots. We did both of those things, and I'm really excited about it. Yeah, there were some really awesome, uh, the bonus episodes I feel like were so awesome, and the topics were amazing as well. Now, obviously, we have work to do uh, ahead of us. You know, one of the things that I talked about wanting to do was expand into video content. Our boy Peach and I set a goal for when we hit a certain patron count to expand into regular video content on Patreon, and we're halfway to that goal. I'm confident we're going to hit it in 2021. And I'm also setting a goal to break 15,000 subscribers this year. We went from 6,000 to 10,000. Wow. Does this mean we have to get dressed up? Yeah, we (laughs) We have to put our makeup on. Yes. (laughs) Less sweatpants. It's fine. Yeah, let's start getting into the habit for when it happens. Okay, all right. (laughs) You gotta come with your A-game next Sunday. I'm ready. No, keep it chill. (laughs) If you're cute, you're cute. If you're chill, you're chill. Oh, not true. I am like a freaking hot mess right now. (laughs) I I need to clarify it. When you are on like a Zoom call, a a video from your phone, anything, you could be the ugliest person that's ever been. Oh my God. On screen. Like you may be a beautiful person, but certain camera angles with some some bad lighting. Okay. I will be only full glam if we do video content. So be prepared. I'll be zero glam. I'm just showing up. Uh, You you (laughs) are glam, Mac. Oh, thank you. I'll get my eyebrows done or something. I don't know. <laughs> I've really enjoyed um, dabbling in some of the documentaries that we've watched throughout 2020 and then um, trying to get a little bit more into the gore and not just being like, well, this is gory. This is not gory. This is why. And like some of the facts behind it, not that I'm trying to take away Max Thunder in fact or fiction, but it just made me realize like I kind of like learning the backstory about some of these movies. And, you know, I kind of want and I love reading. So I kind of want some more like literature, like on horror movies and, you know, the backstory. And, you know, I mean, I'd like to watch a movie on all this sort of stuff, like a documentary, but I'm more like a, I need like a book. So I don't know, to get more knowledgeable on um, horror history would is my goal for 2021. So we're going to up the game and up the, the gore score quality. Yes, for sure. I love it. Nice. So I think one of mine, which it's hard, obviously, I always want to continue to grow in what I'm already doing. So I want to continue uh, to push our graphics and our visuals and stuff like that. And bringing in video content will be a great chance for that. But I also want to work on having like um, more like casual stuff on our Patreon. And I've talked to Chris a lot about this. So, you know, just interacting more with the people that listen to our show, because it's insane to me that there are people listening to my voice right now. Literally blows my mind. Um, (laughs) So engaging more casually is one of the things that I think would be excellent for us next year. I have like a little one. It's kind of lame. Um, but I don't know if the listeners know this, but uh, I, Paris, have never met Mac, Ryan, or Alexis in person. Yeah. Uh, Chris and I are coworkers and newfound best friends. Um, but I would love in 2020 if we could all watch a movie together and record together in the same room just once. That would be sick. Oh, be that would nice. be really cool. <laughs> it's 
such a lovely experience when we're all together. And yeah. actually most of the people, well, maybe not most, but a lot of people that listen to our podcast don't even know that we're not all in the same room or the same state. Yeah. Like I got an invite to Mac's wedding and I was like, I told my boyfriend, I was like, look how cute it is. Like, isn't that a nice gesture? And he, he's like, well, we got to go. And I was like, I think they just meant it to be nice. And he's like, I was like, I've never even met Mac. And he's like, you talk to him every single week. And I was like, I guess I do. I have these like three new friends that I've never met. And I really like you guys. Yes, (laughs) We love you. And we will be at the wedding. (laughs) It wasn't a gesture. It was a legitimate save the date. Can we all have some sort of hacker slash merch that we wear to your wedding? But like somehow like coordinate our outfits together. (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm going to be wearing a suit, so. We all wear pins. That's, oh, that's yeah. cute. That's cute and low key. I'll get you a little something secret to tuck into an inside pocket. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I can put like a like a card or something in, in my pocket. <laughs> no, it's okay. The inside of like, I don't know, maybe we'll get you like hacker slash socks. Maybe I should get a custom suit with hacker slash lining. The friends yeah. on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> or what if like when you pull off the garter, somebody decapitates you? <laughs> <laughs> Let's try to avoid that. <laughs> that got that got real zero to one hundred real fast. Yeah. Oh okay, God. but actually, hacker slash socks on your wedding day would be adorable. <laughs> Just he's like little, you see, he's laughing. Mostly black. Mostly black with a little logo up the top. With a little bit of Any, anything is possible. A little bit of red, you know. Yeah. He's saying hell no on the I'm, inside. I, I don't I'm just going to be wearing hacker slash underwear. There okay. you go. All right. <laughs> I can make that. I don't yeah. want to know about that. I'll buy that. Oh, man. Well, my my goal for 2021, um, I'm not going to say to be scared because we know it. Let's be honest. It's not going to happen. Yes, real um, goals only. Yeah. Is uh, if, you know, if you've listened to our, our birthday special, um, you know, you know that it was a lot of fun, at least for us. I hope it was fun for you, but it's it's to up the game for the birthday special next year. Hell yeah. I don't know exactly how I want to. I don't know what my role will be, but I want to make it. I want to make it uh, shinier and cooler and newer and funner. Maybe Patreons. Oh, your role will be a one. We'll start working immediately. Honestly, shout out to everyone on that episode. Just I just participated, um, but I know everyone had like their parts, and it was just amazing. I never showed so many people the trailer for it, and got so <laughs> hype over any trailer in my entire life. <laughs> Alexis, you did say some of the funniest things I've ever heard on that episode. Because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was just talking out of my freaking ass. And it was great. You are an improv natural. And I pull out my ninja star. I was pissed because my item was useless. Maybe maybe uh, next year patrons could pick our items. Ooh. Oh, yeah. yeah. Patron involvement. I love uh, that. Or they could make like special appearances and they, you know, throw the whole plot off. Oh, be so cool. great. Yes. Patron NPCs. We have to live stream it. Let's live stream it and they decide what, what Ryan's character does. Ryan <laughs> only has to voice it. <laughs> yeah. Just Ryan's character. <laughs> Dude, I'm totally, if I have to change, like they get to pick my accent the whole way through. Right. <laughs> <laughs> As opposed to where it just naturally changed the whole time. Right. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Go ahead and join our Patreon so that you can uh, dictate Ryan's movements in our next birthday special. <laughs> Guys, it's, it's been a ride. 2020 has been wild. 2021 is going to be thrilling, and I'm so excited to have all of you on board for it. I'm so excited for our listeners. We've grown so much in an unprecedented way. It's wild to me when I think back at like our first episode. Oh, my God, 10 people listen to this? How mortifying. And now we're <laughs> like, oh, wow, okay. This is a regular thing we're doing. But keep in mind that we always want to hear from you. Obviously, you know, we've covered 
nearly 75 movies this year and that's 75 movies worth of opinions that we can't even begin to scratch the surface of so we want to know your thoughts now keep in mind there are a lot of ways you can reach out to us starting with our website hackerslash.com if you want to slide into our dms or even our messenger you can hit us up on facebook instagram and twitter and if you also think it's really weird that people listen to us at the same time as you like people just listen to these episodes and 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 know the same things that we're talking about and you hear it and they hear it and it's a weird experience you can <laughs> also reach out to our hacker slash hotline you can call us text us leave us a voicemail or an audio message at 757-606-0128 and if you're international or don't feel like calling us you can also reach out to hacker slash contact or if you as well are on the train of getting a newfound love this year and you've had to share your love of horror movies with that person send us an email to feedback at hacker and ultimately if you've enjoyed listening to any of our episodes this year consider becoming one of our patrons. There's 23 of them now. Join the Legion. You can visit patreon.com slash hacker slash and earn cool perks for as low as $1 a month. We'll see you next time, folks, in 2021. Bye, 2020. Ooh. <laughs>